Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Today we maliciously comply with an impossible task. We'll get into that in a bit, but first, physics teacher demands we plot the graph as we go, despite not knowing the ranges of values up front. Okay then, would be a shame if we deliberately chose an incorrect scale to make our point. This occurred many years ago at AS level physics in the UK, 16 to 17 year olds. I can't remember the exact experiment, but it was something like demonstrating the Young's modulus. Basically, you're expecting a straight line, until a point whereby the material yields and strains much further than expected by Hooke's law. So we've been asked to get on with the experiment, and like sensible students, we're all taking our measurements and noting them down. Then, once we have our results and know the highest and lowest value for each axis, we can choose a sensible scale and draw the graph at a suitable size. We also aren't exactly sure where the yield strength is, so we don't know how much stress we'll have to apply to demonstrate the experiment. However, midway through our experiment, our physics teacher angrily asks us why we aren't plotting any graphs. I explain that we're taking our measurements first, so we know what scale to draw the graph at. This is not an acceptable answer. No, apparently we need to draw the graph as we take measurements, because this will allow us to spot any errors earlier during the experiment rather than afterwards. This is a bizarre argument in my opinion. Well, you are the teacher, I guess we'll have to comply. So then myself and most of the rest of the class immediately start plotting what data we have, but with clearly not enough space to accompany the entire experiment. Eventually we run into the edge of the paper. Sir, what do you want us to do now? Even angrier than before, he gets some sellotape and another piece of A4 graph paper and tapes it together to double the size of the graph paper, with some choice words including calling a smart Alex, which is fair because we are being deliberately annoying, but it's also unreasonable for us to have correctly guessed the yield strength of a random piece of copper wire before doing the experiment, to adhere to some nonsense idea of plotting a graph by hand as you take measurements. Realizing what is about to happen, most of the class starts laughing. Someone else also requests extra graph paper, and then another, and then another? I think pretty much the entire class requests a second bit of paper. Of course, two pieces of graph paper stuck together isn't enough. We need more! The teacher had to run to supplies to get another set of graph paper. Not happily, mind you. I think eventually I needed 2x3 of A4 graph paper stuck together to make my comically large graph, most of the rest of the class with similar results. There were also other issues like our 30cm rulers not being long enough to draw Hooke's Law part of the graph, etc., which of course we made the teacher aware of. Eventually the teacher, thoroughly pissed off at this point, is just standing silently at the front of the classroom. I bet you all think you're so funny, don't you? before storming out of the classroom early. Yes sir, we thought we were hilarious and your rule ridiculous as demonstrated. Funnily enough, he dropped it the next time we did an experiment. In the years after this incident, 
Many of us went on to get degrees in physics, and several of us are practicing scientists. We had a reunion recently where we recounted some of the incidents we had with this particular teacher, including this one. None of us can see the reason why he came up with that particular rule. We can only assume he misinterpreted something on the syllabus or was just trying to exert control. Maybe it was one of those things where it just seems to work for him or it seemed easy enough to him, like knowing how to tie your shoes a certain type of way. And instead of taking the time to learn or practice the better way of doing it, they just want to force their way upon all the kids. Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you enjoy awesome stories of malicious compliance, why not hit those like and subscribe buttons down below? That said, our next story is, report, report, where's the report? In the 1980s, I was general manager of a cable television company. Of all the reports we had to generate for our corporate office, the converter reconciliation report was probably the most important. Every cable TV office and nearly every company had to complete one monthly. If you're of a certain age, you'll remember the converter boxes that connected the TV and the cable so that the customer could tune all the channels. Well, let me tell you, they were expensive and we had to account for every one of them every month. Many were in customers' homes, but others were on technicians' trucks, in inventory, in repair, lost, stolen, and so on. The converter reconciliation report told us how much of this important asset was in use and where it was. It had to be correct and it had to be in corporate's hands monthly without fail. The company was run by a bunch of disorganized idiots. Every month I would submit this important report to corporate and they would call wanting to know where it was and why I hadn't completed it. Every month I would have to send them another and they would call again, angry, and I would send another, wash, rinse, repeat. Four or five times every month they would lose my report and call, threatening to fire me for not getting the report in on time. I was always in trouble for allegedly not sending my converter reconciliation report. Cue malicious compliance. Having had enough of corporate's BS, I took the completed converter rec report and made 22 photocopies of it, 22 being the average number of workdays in a month. I put one in each of the 22 envelopes addressed to the corporate office put postage on each envelope, and then made sure in each day's outgoing mail, one report was sent. Sure enough, the angry phone call came. Manager said, where's your monthly converter rack? I say should be in your mailbox, did you check? They say, oh, here it is, okay, thanks. Few days later, where's your monthly converter rack, darn it? I said, should be in your mailbox, boss, did you check? They say, oh, here it is, okay, thanks. Wash, rinse, repeat. Finally, after about three weeks, I get a phone call and the manager says, Why do I have a stack of the same converter rec report? I say, I just always want you to have one handy, boss. After that, they quit losing my report. This would annoy me beyond belief and I would probably do the exact same thing OP did if you know you sent it and you were constantly being gaslit into being believed that they never got it or they never checked for it. Turns out they do check for it, turns out they do got it, and I don't know what this guy does, quickly tosses it in the fire? Our next story is, all the overtime you want. Okay. So this happened a couple of years ago when I was 19 or 20, somewhere around then. As a wee lad, I got a job working at a local superstore while attending college. I was a cashier. It sucked, but honestly it wasn't as bad as it could have been. My immediate manager helped protect the cashiers from the higher ups but those are war stories for another day. As time went on, as it does, 
Eventually, the dreaded holiday season came around. Thanksgiving week to be exact. I got the week off of school due to the holidays and was scheduled to work a juicy 40 hours that week. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. But unfortunately was scheduled to work all Thanksgiving and Black Friday. My schedule had Thursdays off, but Thanksgiving falls on a Thursday and I was being forced to work. The good news is that at least they fed us a ton of food in the break room. That was honestly nice. But I was bummed that I had to miss the holiday with family since I'd prepared to have the day off as I thought I would. Now, before we get into the malicious compliance, a quick note. The store did not allow overtime. You were given extra lunches, sent home early, whatever they had to do to avoid paying out. If you got overtime, you were either lucky or you had a manager problem you were being made to handle. Management was salaried and the enlisted workers were lucky to get 38 plus hours. No extra money for folks in the trenches. As we're a major store that caters to everything from groceries to electronics, we prepare for a very long week that tends to mark the hustle and bustle of the holiday season as a whole. The energy is pretty low as we all really dread this time of year and I'm extra nervous. This is my first retail job in the front lines during the holidays and I heard of all the horror stories about what is coming. The store manager gathers up a lot of the workers for a quick announcement that Monday. He tells us that essentially we are really behind and have a ton of work to do and this is going to be a rough and wild week. So he's authorizing any and all overtime across all departments from today until Sunday. He told the managers and department heads that if an employee wanted to work, let them work. We need the coverage. Later on, we would discover what he meant was letting us come in on our days off to work an extra shift or two, tack on a nice 8 hours to our paychecks. Whoops. If an employee wants to work a shift, let them work. And oh boy, oh lord, oh gosh, oh golly gee willikers did we want to work. Let me tell you, we went crazy. I pulled 6 doubles that week. Someone parked their RV in the parking lot and worked what had to be most likely forbidden due to labor laws. People were working maximum hours. One day I worked so long our manager gave me three lunch breaks. Dozens of people jumped at this opportunity. The next day I came in and saw the overnight guys still petering around. We milked that week for every hour, every cent of possible overtime. I don't recall all the numbers and such directly, but I think I went from a 72-hour paycheck to one that had about 118 and around 42 was overtime, which was time and a half paid. It's been a few years, but those numbers feel right. Also, if you work on Thanksgiving, you're given a single-use 25% off coupon to use in the store on one big order. Since I used my overtime on stuff to buy in the store, it felt like I'd earned an extra 25% on top of that. Management let it happen. No one said anything to store manager that week, and he sat in his office. 
It was two days after that week that some corporate suit showed up and gave him a verbal beating when they realized he blatantly authorized that. I think early on he realized his mistake, but the die was cast, and truth be told we did need to get the work done. All that overtime and we barely were ready for the open door on Black Friday. He was mad, shouted at a couple of managers after he got yelled at asking why they let us work so much, but they just shrugged. If an employee wants to work a shift, let them. It was immediately dropped and was clear it would never be allowed again, and policy will remain as it was. I bought a TV, a month plus of groceries, Christmas gifts for everyone, a new car battery, two new tires, and some random things here and there for myself. It was worth it. I'd do it again in a heartbeat. I mean, hey, the store manager really had one job, get the store ready by Black Friday, and I mean, they got it done. The big folks all the way up high may not like that, but the job was accomplished. This next story is, New Boss Gives Angry Me an Impossible Task. I used to work for a big IT consulting company notorious for not paying overtime. I worked for a client's migration project for almost a year and a half, leading the functional migration team. The three of us worked for the client three years before the start of the migration project. So we knew the data, we had to migrate, all the nuances, and two weeks before the migration date, 99% of the data was already migrated and validated. We only did the day-by-day new data and sagged off pretty much those last two weeks. Other managers that outranked me became extremely angry about our calmness because the part she led was behind schedule due to bad scheduling and everyone was being overworked because of her mishaps. Come migration date, Saturday starting 9am, everyone was expecting long, long hours of work, but we clocked out at noon with the data validated with the client and the go-ahead signed, sealed and delivered. My team got a written commendation from the client. The manager's team spent the entire weekend there. She got a complaint letter from the client. The manager complained about us and made me and my senior analysts spend the next month waiting for incidences, bugs, and complaints. We got five in the whole month. My senior analyst spent eight hours a day studying a new language. I took the chance to update my CV. I wanted out and pretty much help a couple former colleagues that needed to solve bugs and problems within the manager's team responsibilities. A couple weeks later, evaluation time. At the IT company, everyone was graded A to D. A being exceeding expectations, D being you're out of here, B was good, C was pretty much, I'm starting to think you might not be good to work here. Given the commendation from the client, I was expecting an A. My evaluation was done by the manager and my mentor, close friend with the manager. They gave me a C because we didn't see any pressure on your work and you certainly lack motivation. I complained and took a long overdue, already planned month-long vacation. This was June. After that, back at work, I was assigned to a project on another client led by manager's husband. He wanted me to prepare 122 integrations with different systems in four months. I told him that in the previous project led by his wife, they took two years to have 12 integrations ready. But I would give it a shot. I even emailed him the planning where it clearly showed the time they took. Two of those months were July and August. Months were pretty much everyone on the client goes on holiday. Manager and wife also went on holiday pretty much all August. I spent those two months chasing people around the client's office, but starting September 6th, integrations were closed and six more were almost closed pending validation 
Manager came back from holidays and was furious. He called me a slacker and started telling me that his wife was right, that I lacked motivation, and that I would need to spend the rest of the project duration working till midnight to make up for the lost time. And I said, no, I won't do an hour more than what you're paying. I told you that your expectations were unrealistic and you went ahead with them anyways. He went ballistic. I replied, I just lack motivation to work in your project. I want out of the project. I was out of the project in no time. I got a call from my mentor. She said that they were evaluating firing me without pay because of this. I told them about the unrealistic planning. She said that I was being unrealistic and that the planning was good. I produced the email I sent the manager. My mentor went quiet. A minute later, she told me, what do you want? If you can't guarantee I won't do an hour of overtime ever again, I want out. Full severance and then some, and I want the company to make it look like I quit, not that you fired me. She went quiet again. She said she'll see what she could do. I was out of there smiling by the end of the day. P.S. From the team that remained in the project, four guys were on my team before the migration project. They all complained. They all got out of the project as well. P.S. 2. As far as I know, the project took twice the expected time to be completed. Manager's husband got nearly fired, wife held a lot of power, and managed to save his butt. I really don't know what OP was supposed to do differently here. If you're given a task and you know you literally could not complete that time, even if you were working hard and did countless hours of overtime, what can you do? They were clearly just trying to pressure OP into working their life away for these people and not even get paid for it. Yeah, right. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another awesome malicious compliance story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.